In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our text from today comes from Matthew 18, where Peter asks, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. Here ends our text. I feel like I'm always talking about now how attending church is important. You see, I grew up in a time and family where church attendance was still a weekly expectation. In fact, it became so much a part of my week that not attending church just felt weird to me. I've heard many people compare church and faith to something like filling up your gas tank. And you know, there's some truth to that. You can only drive your car so long before you have to stop and fill up again. And so too is it with faith. We will hit a point where we're running on empty for so long that we have to come back and be filled back up. For there's a rhythm to faith, a set pattern that we follow. Just as music has set repeated sounds, notes, and chords, which when put together in a particular order, makes something beautiful. So too, faith has such repetition that is hard to ignore. For the rhythm of faith is one that is not meant to restrict or confine our life, but it gives it shape, direction, and meaning. But to step outside of this rhythm is to lose those very benefits. For consider the words of St. John in his first epistle. We love God because God first loved us. There's a rhythm to John's words. A pattern which John lays out for us. God loves us then we love others. For we must understand faith as this constant motion back and forth, a coming and going, a taking and giving. Faith isn't just a concept which we discuss. Faith is living and active. To miss this rhythm or to tamper with it will greatly diminish the beauty and blessing which flows out of it. This is why our service is structured in the way that it is. It follows this rhythm which God has laid out from the foundation of the world. God acts, then we respond. Consider Matthew's gospel. Jesus lays another parable after this text. One servant is forgiven a massive debt, and then we're to know his fault when he fails to forgive his fellow servant. For there is a rhythm to forgiveness. Even as we learn, we forgive because God first forgave us. 
Now, there's nothing that says forgiveness is easy. In fact, I'm convinced it's the hardest thing we actually do as Christians. When a brother sins against us, there's going to be some real hurt. There's going to be that frustration and anger. There's going to be pain because of a sin committed against us. And what do we often say? Oh, forgive and forget, right? Yet we all know it's not that simple nor easy. Consider Peter's question. Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. How often, O Lord? How much sin am I to tolerate with my brother before I can finally say, enough is enough? Indeed, it might be one thing to forgive someone a fluke, a fault, a lapse of judgment once. Seven times, though, is already a high calling. Seventy times seven is absolutely impossible. For as humans, we don't like being fooled, let alone fooled more than once. For talk about such rhythm, the repetition of sin strains our willingness to repeat our forgiveness. You see, sins are like debt, a loan taken out against us. The larger the debt that piles up, the less we're willing to give. For so we tell people, forgive, forgive, forgive. That's the way we normally talk in church. It's our duty, no, our responsibility to forgive those who sin against us. It doesn't matter how large the loan, how horrible a sin. As Christians, we're always told that we're supposed to forgive our brothers and sisters. Indeed, I'll say we are. Yet it's the rhythm that we often mess up. For we treat our forgiveness as first and God's forgiveness as second. We make God's forgiveness conditional or contingent even on our own. But consider the parable. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. His debt, 10,000 talents, was insurmountable. Just for a frame of reference, that equates to a salary of 200,000 years. Take more than a dozen lifetimes to pay off that debt. But when he goes to address his debt with his fellow servant... All he sees is the debt against him. 
not his own. And you see, I don't think we're all that different. When we deal with the sins of our brothers and sisters, we rarely consider our own debt when dealing with them. We treat forgiveness as a one-way street, rather than feeling the rhythm of the give and take. For the servant who is expected to forgive was already forgiven. For when we forgive one another, it's not because we're so generous, so noble, so gracious with the sins of our neighbor, our brothers and sisters. No, our forgiveness flows out of the abundant forgiveness which God has given us. We forgive because God first forgave us. God had pity on us for the immense debt which we had accumulated against him. Again, from Matthew, and out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. You see, should it be so hard for us to forgive a brother or sister? We need not take a look deeper within ourselves. Rather, check your gauge. Are you running on empty? For we need to return again to the Lord and be filled up with his forgiveness. We need to receive the very forgiveness of God that it may spill over abundantly onto all of our neighbors. For God's forgiveness is unconditional. His forgiveness is never-ending. He doesn't preface his forgiveness with any demands. He gives it freely, lovingly, abundantly. For by this giving and forgiving of God, may we be so giving and forgiving as his children. For so we give and we take. We take and we give. God fills us that we may fill others. For God took pity on us. He looked upon our debt and he assumed it. He paid it. He sent Jesus Christ to pay the debt that we never could. Our insurmountable debt of sin was paid in full by the very blood of Christ flowing over from the cross. For on that cross, God covered your sin by the richness of his mercy. He gave you the priceless worth of Christ as a token of his love. And what did God require of us for this? Absolutely nothing. He forgave us unconditionally. Understand that when our master calls us home to settle our accounts, there won't be a bill waiting for you. 
He won't be looking to shake you down and throw you in prison to get back what he has paid. Rather, he'll look upon you as his own righteous son. He'll wrap his arms around you and welcome you home. Come in, my faithful child. For just as God forgives us, so shall we forgive one another. When we become empty, God calls us back to him so that he may refill us. For this is the very rhythm of faith. A give and take. A back and forth. A coming and going. As we come into the very forgiveness of Christ, which surpasses all things, he then sends us out to carry his very forgiveness unto the rest of the world. Lovingly, abundantly, unconditionally. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.